And uh, I want to just talk a little bit about placing an expectation on God. Placing an expectation on God. And uh, a lot of people think, well, you know, that God is just going to do things. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. And if he doesn't want to do it, he won't. And so nothing happens. I think, well, he didn't want to do it. And uh, (laughs) that's the conclusion they come to. But it's not true. God does want to help people. God does want to invade our lives and to come into us and help us. He wants to help you. He wants to put a vision and a dream in your heart so that you're not carried along by someone else's ideas or thoughts, not carried along by the culture or its pressures, but you have dreams which are deeply birthed in your heart and they have eternal outworking for you. Uh, We're called to an eternal destiny, not just to live an ordinary life, but to live a life that is touched by God's presence and favor. That's every one of us is called to have that. And uh, you may not be experiencing much of that right now, but you can. And there's some things you have to do. In uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, uh, Jesus made this statement. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent press in and take hold of it. Or just putting it in a different way, he's saying something like this. You can't be passive and expect to see God do anything in your life that's great. You can't be passive You can't be heavy and apathetic and expect to see great things from God. God does not work that way. The kingdom of God does not operate that way. He says people who see things happen in their life, people who experience God working, it says they are assertive. That word, the violent, literally means those who assert a strong, determined expectancy and pressure. In other words, there's an expectancy for God to do things in their life. I wonder today what you are expecting for God to do. Did you come tonight expecting to just meet a few friends? Or did you come tonight expecting God to awaken a dream in your heart? Did you expect God to speak into your life? Expectation draws His presence, puts puts something into the atmosphere around you. You ever been, man, I I mean, I enjoyed going up to see my son play this World Cup cricket. And, uh, but the, the first game we saw, they had the Indians there. It was Indian versus, India versus Ireland. Well, of course, now, they, all the Indians, now, they love the cricket. They just love, I mean, the English import, exported the game, but now the Indians, they're really carrying something. And so when we got in there, there's this huge expectation from the Indians. And boy, were they vocal and vibrant and expressive. Now, they fill the atmosphere with expectation for, for, for India to win. India, India. Man, everywhere you went, they were bubbling. And even if the Irish got a bit slow or didn't say anything much, they were stirring us up as well. But there was an atmosphere of expectation that could be felt. So if such a thing would happen in a natural game, in, a, in a, just a, something like a game of cricket, how much more in the realm of the spirit can we have expectation that draws God to help us? And uh, we need to expect, and our expectations based on something. So God has provided many things for us. When Jesus came into this world, he came to demonstrate what God is like. He came to connect us to God, and there are many promises that were made in the Bible. But for these to take place in your life, you have to do something. So although God loves you passionately and has provided for you, you are required to participate in things happening. God always requires your participation. He doesn't just do things. He likes you to participate. So the Bible says in Hebrew 4.16, it says, 
come boldly, come with expectation, come strongly and confidently into the presence of God. Why can we do that? Because God tells us to come that way. Why can we pray strongly and with expectation? Because God says to do it that way. God says, I have made a way for you. You don't need to have guilt and shame in your life. I've got rid of that at the cross. If you will bring it to me, then that stuff can be cleared out of the way and you can live a life that's extraordinary, that's got adventure, difficult, different things happening in it. And, but it requires boldness. So when you come to God, most people come to God, they sort of hang their head. Oh, well, dear Lord, you know, I haven't been doing so good, you know. And they come that way. But God doesn't tell us to come that way. Just to come boldly, strongly, with gratitude, thanks, and come with expectation, expecting something. Now, I would bet that Mel will have expectation for new things to happen now. And all she had to do was step out one time, and now she's seen a little bit of a success, expectations building up. So our boldness is based on what God says and also our experiencing what God says. So if you've stepped out and you have tried something and God has come with you and helped you and touched someone's life, you then have an increased expectation it'll happen again. And then it'll happen again. If you've never done that, of course, well, you probably doubt that God could do anything. So God wants to shift every one of us from where we are. Now, people in the Bible who got anything from God, were incredibly proactive. And the Bible abounds in stories of people where God showed what He desired, and they responded strongly and with expectancy. Let's just read a couple of examples of that. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 and 36. Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 and 36. And notice it says when they, uh, verse 35, the men of that place, that's Gennesaret, recognized Jesus they went out into all the surrounding region. They brought to him everyone who was sick. And they begged him that they might touch just the hem of his garden. And everyone who touched was healed. Now you notice that he just didn't walk by and do things. In this particular story, it says, people wanted to touch him, expecting when they touched him, something would happen. There was an expectation that if they touched the Lord, there would be a miracle. And everyone who touched him was healed. Other places, Jesus laid hands on people and they were healed. But there was a case of tremendous expectation. There's another story in Mark chapter 5, verse 27 and on, of a woman who had a flow of blood. The blood flow could not be stopped. And she'd been to doctors, she'd been to every kind of medical help, and it was an impossible situation. You know people with impossible situations? Well, the Bible says this woman heard about Jesus and expectation rose in her heart. What expectation has risen in your heart? What do you hear about what God does? I'll give you a few simple keys, how you can increase the expectation in your heart that God will move and you can position yourself for more things to happen. It doesn't just all happen straight away. You have to be quite determined that my life will carry a touch of God on it, that everywhere I go, there'll be a touch of God. I can remember I was down with a group of people in Christchurch all pretty depressed and heavy, pretty sad looking lot. And uh, I went and I had to go to speak to them. And uh, so I shared some things with them. And I said, now, in the next half an hour, God is going to move and touch many people. And you can see, you could, you could just sort of see a reaction inside. You could see there was no expectation that they had lived a long time without expectation of God doing supernatural things. They lived a long time 
with ex without any expectation for God. And so when I said, well, I'm expecting that God will move, you could see them react. And, say, and, and almost I could hear them say, oh, yeah, yeah, right, we'll see. And uh, so I got everyone stirred up, and I got them to position themselves and praying together, and we changed the atmosphere that was there. And then I started to pray for a few people. And there's one lady, and the lady uh, was, uh, I, I had a word God showed me. There's a lady there with something wrong with her back. She was very damaged in her back. And so I asked the lady to come up, and she was very, very, a lot of pain. And you could see her. She was sort of just hobbling her way to the front. So she came up to the front, and, and uh, to increase the expectation of either a miracle or a failure, uh, I, I began to ask a few questions. I said, well, how long have you been like that? And she said, well, I've been like this for about a year and a half. And I said, well, tell us about your condition. She said, well, I'm in pain all the time. I can't walk, and you can see how I came up. And uh, so I got her just to explain very clearly what it was. Then we began to pray for her. And, of course, you can see people are sort of looking to see, will something happen? That's not an attitude of faith and expectation. That's an attitude of a skeptic. And uh, so we prayed, and I asked her, well, I prayed, and Ask God to touch your life and ask her, how do you feel now? She says, well, actually, I feel worse. And you could see almost a, a moan go up from the crowd. <laughs> you, what kind of preacher are you? You've made that poor lady worse. You could, I, could, I knew that's what they were thinking. And, uh, I, and I said it too. I said, you all think I've made her worse, don't you? You think that my prayer has made her worse. I said, I want to ask you this question. If praying for her made her worse, what do you reckon was the cause of it? If we've asked God to come and touch her life, and now she's in worse pain than when I started praying, do you think God brought more pain to her? I said, she's got a spirit. And what we really need to do is cast the spirit out of that lady, and you'll see her change. And I prayed for her, and she manifested quite a lot. The spirit came out of her, and then immediately the pain had gone. And she had hobbled up. She just walked confidently back. And you could, I could see the faces change. <laughs> and then we had a lot of people come up and wanted to be prayed for. But I thought, isn't that a shame that that whole room of pastors, there was such little expectation for God to do anything? I thought, what would it be like in the churches that they're leading that there's such little expectation God would touch people? We need to have high expectation for God, not just meetings, but engaging God. And so this woman with the issue of blood, she had high expectation. And not only that, her expectation caused her to push through the resistance. And as soon as she touched Jesus, something happened. She was saying to herself, if I just touch him, I'll get a miracle. And like, the power of God came in and she was healed. Jesus turned around and said, who's touched me? It's a silly question to ask when you're in the crowd, isn't it? Who's touching me? But he felt the touch that faith and expectation gave. Now, you ought to understand this. There were hundreds of people around Jesus, and hundreds of people touched him. Only one received a miracle. Now, why is that? Is that because God dishes them out sparingly? Is it because God is uh, mean and selfish? Is it because God is partial? Actually, Jesus didn't even know. He just felt the power flow and said, someone's touched me. I felt power flowing out of me. So touching him with faith releases something to our lives. I wonder when you last touched God with faith and something was released into your life. You can come and stand in an altar call and just put your hands up and go through the motions of praying a prayer. But if there is not faith and expectation in your heart, not much happens really. 
See, every time there must be expectation. One of the keys for things to happen is to have expectation for God to move. And when, you, when we do that, we find all kinds of things happen. That's what Jesus said. Expectation has to be coupled with perseverance. Now, let's give you a, an example of Jesus teaching on that in, in uh, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I'll just give you a few simple keys that can help lift your expectation. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Now, the Bible's full of people who were highly expectant and did something as a result of being expectant. There was a man called Zacchaeus. Everyone hated him. He's a little short fella. He took everyone's money for taxes. But you know that man was so hungry to see Jesus, he climbed a tree. And he was the only one in the town got a miracle. How about that? He did something. There was a man called Bartimaeus, a blind man. And, and he heard Jesus coming by. When he heard Jesus coming by, his expectation of a miracle rose, and he did something. He started to cry out. And when everyone told him to shut up, he cried even stronger. And that day he had a miracle, and he was no longer a blind man. That was not bad, was it? I wonder what expectation you cultivate in your life. I wonder what things would build your expectation until you see God moving more consistently. I wonder what things erode your expectation. Let's just have a look at this story, and then I'll just give you a few simple keys, and we'll, we'll begin to finish. We'll come to the finish, and we're going to pray for people. So you notice here it says, Jesus spoke a parable, a story with a message in it, that men always should pray and not get discouraged. Okay? God has made promises, but you've got to persevere. I found sometimes I have just thought a thing. I've just thought I would like that, and God has answered, just like that. Other times I've prayed for weeks before I saw anything happen, sometimes longer. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? Some, some of the best answers to prayer I got, I just thought them. Oh, that'd be nice, Lord, and it happened. But other things we have to persevere. So Jesus said, that it's quite normal that you would have to persevere in prayer and not faint or get discouraged. Ever seen someone faint? They just get overcome and can't stand up anymore. And Jesus said, you've got to keep persevering in prayer and not quit. So if you have expectation, it needs to be coupled to a perseverance in praying and believing. I'll show you how to do that just shortly as we finish. Now, Jesus told a story, and there was a widow certain city, there was a judge who didn't fear God or regard man, and there was a widow in the city, and she wanted justice. Give me justice over my adversary. And he wouldn't for a while. But afterwards he said, no, I don't fear God or regard man. So he's quite an ungodly man. And yet because this widow keeps troubling me, I will answer her request lest by her continual coming she wearies me. In other words, she's saying something like this. She said, no, I'm not I got no, I'm not a God-fearing man, and I don't fear anyone, and I got no thing about anyone. But this woman, she is going to wear me down. She's just knocking and yelling and crying. She just is so persistent, she won't let go. Worse than one of the salesmen in Bali. Come out there, and they bother you and follow you around. I won't let go until you bought something. You know, I hate to go near those shops in the first couple of days there. So persistent. He had someone that's been like that, persistent. Or you get a child at home and they're determined and they, they keep asking and asking. They're persistent. You ever had that? Well, Jesus said in the, in the realm of prayer, if you want miracles and answers from God, you've got to stick with it. Now, this unjust judge, he wasn't a God-fearing man, but even he said, she's going to wear me down. I've got to do something about this. Okay, what's the deal? What do you want? And, she, and he gave her an answer. And Jesus said this. Now, if a guy who's an ungodly man would respond to someone who's persistent, wouldn't God, who's very good, respond to us if we're persistent? 
And so he says, when the Lord comes, will he find faith? See, faith not only has expectation, it perseveres. So I wonder what kind of persevering faith you've got with God. I wonder what kind of things that you were hoping God would do, expecting God to do, and it didn't happen, and then you gave up praying. Why do people give up praying? Well, it goes something like this. I didn't get an answer. And so when you don't get an answer straight away, you start to think stuff. Well, you feel a bit rejected. Oh, reckon God doesn't really care about me. Not really interested in my needs. You start to think like that. Pretty soon, you'll be discouraged. You'll stop praying. Or you begin to think, well, you know, maybe God is just not interested in what I want and God doesn't care about me, or maybe God uh, just is away on a vacation or something. Maybe it's just a waste of my time. And this is why people give up and quit in prayer. They just didn't get an answer, and they began to think, oh, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe God's offended with me because I've got some bad stuff in my life I know about, and I don't know what to do about it. But God is not offended by your life. He's not offended by you. He's a loving, gracious God who wants to advance you in life. But for you to advance in life, you must position yourself for it to happen. You have to choose to believe what God says and then begin to respond. And one of those responses is persistent prayer. Persistent, banging on the door, prayer. Eh? And, and, and how many have given up sometime? You prayed and you got so disheartened because nothing happened, you just gave up. Be honest now. How many can know when you did that? Well, we've all done that. The others, well, maybe you're a little more discouraged and you won't even put your hand up. But, you know, <laughs> God wants to answer prayer. So he says very clearly, if we will not quit and give up and faint and just weaken and give up, we will obtain breakthroughs. You've got to persist. So what is needed? Well, faith and expectation in God is based on having a promise from His Word. It's based on two things, really. One is that we have seen something in the Word of God and, and felt convinced in our heart that God wanted us to have it. The second thing is God has put an impression or desire in our spirit and we are aware God wants us to have that. Now you notice when Mel was talking tonight about her testimony of God touching the lady. You notice there was something that she said tonight. She said, I felt God put it in my heart that He wanted to revive her. So even though she wasn't confident praying, even though it was perhaps the first time for her to pray, even though she didn't have a fancy prayer all worked out or wasn't bold and confident like some people are, she had something God had put in her heart. And as she acted on that with expectation and then opened one eye to have a look, I've done that too, Mel. I've, one of it. Tell everyone to shut their eyes. I'll open one, have a bit of a look, see if anything's happening. I, I used to do that. I don't have to do that anymore, but I used to do that a bit. The first time I prayed for anyone that was, you know, I had a couple of girls in high school in front of me, and got, they were manifesting spirits, and I offered to pray for them, and then I opened my eye just a little to see if something's happening. I wasn't too sure. It was my first time. So I did exactly what Mel did. But, you know, I bet that after that has happened, that Mel's confidence and expectation for God to answer her prayers will have come up a huge step. But it took a couple of things. It took one, she had to get a word, something from God came into her heart that created enough faith and expectation for an answer. And once she acted on it and got a result, now new confidence has come up. And that's how it grows. That's how it grows. 
and we can grow our faith. So let me just give you some simple things. These are simple things that can help lift up and, and help develop an attitude of faith, expectation in God. They're very, very simple things like most things are, and often it's a combination of things, not just one. But can you imagine a future in your life where God is answering prayers at a greater level than He is now? Can you imagine where you are praying for people and they are being healed by God? That you perhaps are in a hospital or school or perhaps you're in a place, gone to someone's home, and as you reach out to them, God shows you what to do and His power flows through you. Would you like that to happen? You have to believe for that to happen. And why would you believe that would happen through you? Well, because God says He wants to do that. These signs will follow them who believe. See, you look at your classroom and you see how resistant so many people are to Christ. But could you see a future where God is touching them and some of them are coming to the Lord? I heard a lovely and a beautiful story from Sarah this morning. And there was one girl in her class who really was quite hostile to her. And the two of them uh, ended up having a meeting. The girl was very hostile to her. And Sarah did a beautiful thing, a very humble thing. She said, I'm so sorry for how I've treated you. It's not really who I am. And it doesn't represent what I really like. You know, I'm a Christian and I want to bring God to people. Something along those lines. And the girl softened immediately and said, you want to be my friend? The day she was at church and got saved. See, can you see miracles happening like that? Very simple. It's never very complicated with God. But there are some things you can do consistently that will help position you for more to happen. Let me give you a few things. The first thing is you've got to break out of passivity. If you're a sleepy Joe... If you're a shutdown kind of person, if you're sort of heavy and your body's lethargic and you don't, you know, you sort of, now nothing's going to happen like that, I can tell you. Nothing happens for people who are passive. Stir yourself up. Get into prayer. When you pray, make your body move. Pray strength. You can pray in tongues. Pray strongly in tongues. Pray loudly. Stir yourself up. Break out of being passive so that you actually are alive on the inside. That's why God gives us the gift of tongues, so we can be energized in our spirit, so we can stir up the Spirit of God who's in us and come alive on the inside. See? You have to train yourself that way, to come alive, to build your inner man. And you do that through strong praying, just strong, persistent praying. Here's the second thing that you can do, is, is you can meditate or immerse yourself in the Word of God. Now, reading the Word of God, people read it and they say, I read it and then I forgot it as soon as I finished it. And that happened. How many know that? You read it and then you've forgotten it. Oh, well, I do that too. I have the same problem. And uh, I read it, I read a chapter. What do I read? I can't remember. And, uh, you know, and I start yawning. (laughs) How many know what I'm talking about here? And uh, I try and make up a thing. I'll read this whole lot and I'd after a while, I'm tired and bored, and I'm starting to go here and there and all over. Now, how many know what that's like, eh? So if you're going to get anything from the Word of God, you have to read it. Just read it for the overview, and then read it to look for God to highlight something for you. And then when He highlights it, or there's something you're drawn to, let your attention focus on that. Now, the other day, I was just reading, and I started to just read. I started to look. I thought I'd just go into one book of the Bible. And as I began to get in the book, I began to read it. Then my attention was drawn to one verse. So I stopped and began to immerse my mind and meditate in the one verse. And as I began to meditate, see, meditation, pondering and picturing and opening yourself to embrace the Word of God allows God's Word to come into your heart, and then faith comes. And you know what happened? As I was just meditating, I suddenly become aware of the presence of God. And, I, and God began to speak to me. 
began to encourage me in a very great way. And so I started off just reading, but I ended up experiencing. And the Bible is to bring us into experiences of God. How do you do it? Well, read. You do have to read the Bible. Keep reading it until you've read it and become familiar with it. And then stop on the things that you're drawn to and begin to meditate on them, dwell on them, and let your heart embrace them. That's how truth gets into, inside you. That's how the truth of God gets inside you. Most people are too busy to do it. And, of course, you can turn on a game, Nintendo. You can turn on the Nintendo Wii and play games. Very easy to do that. Turn on television, turn on the Internet, get fiddling with this and that, and it just saps away your inner man. But if you want to be a person who sees God move regularly, then build your spirit man up. Develop your life. Start to spend time letting the Word of God get in your heart. Uh, related to that, what you could do then is fast off negatives. Because if you continually feed your mind on negatives, negative news, negative stuff, what happens is you can't build a life of expectation of God when you're surrounded by negatives continually. You have to decide what you'll feed your inner life on. So some of you would be quite good in the next week or two if you fasted off all negative stuff. For some of you, it may mean you stop watching certain programs. For some of you, it may stop reading the news. It doesn't go, it's not the world. Not gonna, it's just going to carry on whether you read the news or not. And whatever's happening is going to happen, whether you read about it or not. And I've looked at the headlines. That's about all I look at now. Even they're pretty distressing. They're all negative. How do you build? And you know what I notice about the papers? I seldom see anything about what God is doing, and yet God is doing great things. So what you do then is you begin to fast your life off the negatives and begin to listen to testimonies of miracles of God working through ordinary people. Read a book about someone God worked through. Listen to a CD or a testimony about someone God works. You know what happens? It begins to build your expectation. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. Now, of course, you know, you come and you listen to me preach, and they go, well, you know, God will work through him. But, but, you, but you get someone's testimony, an ordinary person's testimony, and it has a powerful impact in building your confidence and faith. So those are, those are very simple. You could do those things, couldn't you? You could decide to change your life. And see, now keep verbally active. You've got to keep speaking what God says over your life. You've got to keep speaking what you expect. See, that lady, she says she spoke within herself. She said, if I can just touch him, I'll be healed. I thank you, Lord, today as I lay hands upon people, your power is coming upon them. I thank you, Lord, you giving me dreams and visions. According to the word that you promised, these signs will follow me. You understand you have to take the Word of God and speak it, hold it over your life. Otherwise, you'd be speaking the other stuff. You know, not much good. You know, it's really hard going, isn't it? You know, you know, you start to get into a negative flow. So relationships are created through words. Lasting agreements are created through words. God created things through words. Miracles are done through words. Your life and your future changes when your words change. That's not hard for you to do, is it? Begin to think about what you're saying and what you're talking about. And if it's just a lot of junk, why don't you take some time every day to build around your life expectation for bigger, better things from God? They're quite simple things, aren't they, eh? Break out of passivity by stirring your prayer life. Read and immerse yourself in the Word of God and begin to meditate on passages. If there's some promise, if there's some, something some person had, then I could have that too. I found when I meditated on the leper and Jesus coming to the leper, I took that story and I meditated on it for a couple of weeks. And what happened was 
I had an experience of the compassion of God, very like that leper had. It overwhelmed me as I began to experience what he had experienced. But I took the time to meditate, to put myself into the story, begin to imagine it with my imagination and see that thing until the reality of it came into being. So now I have absolute confidence that in a few moments, through closing my eyes and going back and meditating again, I can encounter and experience God's compassion. I'm confident of it. I know I can do that. How do I know? Well, there was a time when I didn't, but haven't done it in a while. I found I can now. So, so the things are then, break out of passivity, immerse yourself in the Word of God, and begin to practice and learn what it is to meditate. Speak the Word of God over your life. Speak it vocally. Read stories of people, listen to testimonies of people, and then begin to practice stepping out. Begin to practice doing things you haven't done before. And you see, notice what Mel did. She just did something she hadn't done before. And as she did it, God came and helped her very easily in the first one. And then now she's got to keep stepping out and practicing, 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 practicing. But if you're waiting for some big feel thing, and suddenly I'll have some big experience, and then God will work through me, it's not going to happen. Not that way. For most people, it doesn't happen that way. You get a few ones will have a major experience, and from that experience, God uses them in great ways. The majority of people, it's a very simple track, a very simple path. And it's just doing these little things regularly. So I wonder, young people, as you're coming to a new term in school, I wonder if you have any expectation at all about your career, about what God would do to help you this year, about your friends, any one of them coming to Christ. Do you have any expectation? Is there any person in the classroom that you're in that has an expectation that God could change the lives of these young people? Is there anyone having expectation coming up to heaven that this class can change because I'm here. In your business, are you having any expectation for God to break through and help you in a time when everyone else is suffering and struggling that you could experience God's favor and blessing and help? Or are you just yielding to the environment while we're in recession and everything's bad and looking worse? Or are you expecting God to show his goodness in some way? It's a choice you make. God is good and loves us, we make choices what we're going to do. Maybe the first thing you could do would be make a decision to connect with God. And you may be here today and you're not yet a Christian. Christian's a person, not necessarily got all their life together. I know plenty of Christians haven't got their life together, got lots of issues and struggles. But there's one thing they all have in common, that is making a decision to receive the love and the forgiveness of God and be joined to heaven, joined to God's Spirit. It doesn't make us immediately perfect people. It means we're connected to God. And now we have a journey with God where he's committed to change us and grow us.